Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode two of Nine Lives podcast with me, your host, Cassia. Hello. Um, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for the response on episode one. Honestly, I was so, 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 so nervous to even do this, um, let alone post it. I My boyfriend ended up having to just be like, just post it. And I did. I published it and it did really well and everyone liked it. I hope, I think. I mean, I saw on Instagram that I saw all your stories and all the lovely things you messaged me. And I'm, I think Monday's a perfect day for us to meet because it's a nice little start to your week, I think. And I'm so glad that the topics that I spoke on and a, knowing a little bit more about my story and my journey seem to resonate so well with so many people. And I'm really, really glad that it landed and it landed well and that we can now continue on um, with this every single week. And I have so many ideas of things I want to speak about, some from my own brain, some from your brains. I've been chatting to you in the DMs, been sending some voice notes to you all, and it's been just so, so lovely. And I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for supporting me because I'm very honest with you all. I'm very open about how I struggle with my confidence. Um, and I know I might not appear like someone who does, but I really do still, I'm still working on it. And it means the world to have just one message of support, really. It, it's very validating. It's, it's lovely. And because sometimes social media can feel like you're shouting into the abyss with not much coming back at you. So this is such a lovely experience. To be able to speak freely and not have a 60 second timer on um, and for you guys to get to know me a little bit better, but for me to get to know you better, it's been lovely to chat. Um, and yeah, so I just wanted to say thank you for the amazing response. It was like so surreal and just so amazing. And I, I still struggle with being on camera really. So this is like quite a big thing and I know it, it is my voice to most of you but we are recording too and it's been a big step and it's one that I'm so glad I've taken because I truly do believe this is where my content is belongs in storytelling because that's my favorite thing to do is tell stories and to help people so if I can combine the two then bingo we've got it so episode two I wanted to speak a little bit a little bit about my uh background of my story in mental health because I think um, a lot of people wanted a little bit more context um, and I think that I could discuss some things that would make a lot of people feel less alone as well some things I've been through as a child and as a teen got to bring it all the way back because that's where it all begins doesn't it that's where that's where a lot of our problems shall we say lie a lot of our pain points so I wanted to talk a little bit about that, but I wanted to just offer a slight trigger warning at the beginning of this episode. We are going to be discussing mental health, um, low feelings, low mood. Um, I'm not a therapist. I am telling my story uh, just so that people might feel less alone in this, but I cannot give medical advice. I am only here to offer just a little bit of human experience human to human in telling my story and telling you about my experiences so now that that's cleared up shall we continue on um so 
I remember way back, I mean, probably as young as nine or 10 years old, I remember feeling this sort of strange feeling in in my chest, like a very like heavy, sad feeling. And it would only really happen when I was around other people. And I didn't understand why I felt like that. And I started to feel incredibly other. I started to feel incredibly different to other children. And I didn't feel like I could do things easily. Everything seemed to be very difficult for me. Getting ready to go to school, playing sports, regulating my emotions, getting my homework done. Everything seemed to be difficult. And I remember watching other children and thinking, why is that so easy for you? Why are you finding it so easy to do this? And I remember they would go to after school clubs or turn their homework in and get, you know, straight A's or they would be, you know, socializing. And I just couldn't, I didn't understand how they were doing it because everything was such an effort for me to do. And there was this sort of cloud of loneliness that seemed to follow me around from just being very, very, very young. And it was only until later on that I realized that that was depression and that wasn't something that, you know, I could control it or wasn't something that was happening because of me. It wasn't my fault. It was just, I was struggling with my, my mental health and that feeling of otherness or separateness continued then into my school life and I was bullied pretty badly at school. I'm not going to say it was horrific, but it wasn't great. And through therapy now, I've looked back and I've realized really quite how vicious some of it was because it was incredibly insidious. Um, girls tend to bully each other in, in very sly, deceitful ways. And there was a lot done to me by people who I thought were my close friends that really just hammered home that feeling of otherness. I was made to feel like I was not belonging and that I was very strange and that there was something wrong with me and that I wasn't a good person. And this seemed to be a pattern because the pattern, they continue, the people that you meet, the cycles that you go through. I seem to meet the same person again and again and again, who is slightly bullying, making me feel like definitely I didn't belong. There was a lot of otherness in it and that feeling stayed with me all throughout school. And it meant that I isolated myself hugely because of that feeling. And in turn, then that meant that I found it incredibly difficult to join in with things like sports day, <laughs> PE, any physical activity, any excuse I had, I would, you know, forge doctor's notes, lie to the teachers. I'd go and read comic books at the end of the field. I would go to the corner shop and start just eating a bunch of snacks, not very good snacks, uh, or just, you know, go try and find a packet of cigarettes and chain smoke that instead of going to sports day. So these sort of habits began really, really young. And it was really tied down to the fact that I felt so different to everyone else. And I had this horrible feeling, this knot in my chest constantly that I didn't know how to get rid of. And now I call it my black dog. And I've spoken of this very briefly on my stories a few times. And whenever I do, people 
really, really seem to resonate with it. But the black dog is something that I have learned to live with and I still live with. And I'm very, he's a friend now. I know him very well. And I know him when I wake up in the morning and he puts his little paw on my bed and he says, I'm sorry, Cassia, but today I'm I'm with you. I'm going to be chomping at your heels. And you learn as you get older to live with depression, I think. Obviously, there are ways of alleviating symptoms, whether that be through therapy or medication. Of course, that is your journey to go on and there are so many different avenues you can explore for me the holistic approach worked the best but I have now learned that that is a part of me and in learning that that is a part of me that I think will never go away there will always be a blueness and a blackness to a part of my personality and a part of my soul um sorry sometimes it's hard to talk about this but um and that's that's okay. I think that's something that a lot of people come to that conclusion and it's so freeing to just know that like it's okay to have that black dog. You 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 don't have to shove it down and pretend it doesn't exist or you know fake tan or I don't know color your eyebrows. You you know you can't get rid of it. It's sometimes learning to run with it and I think that the blues or however you want to describe it can be something that's very very beautiful and of course depression is awful and you feel like you're walking through treacle and your you know energy is zapped and and it's horrible but there have been times retrospectively I've looked back and I've realized that because I am able to feel such depths I was then able to really connect with things as a young girl. So yeah, I didn't have the most normal hobbies. (laughs) So I wasn't playing sports and I was alone a lot, but I was able to feel music so deeply. I was able to like get into poetry, comic books. And looking back on it now, I was so, I feel so grateful that I am able to feel such a huge range of emotions and I am able to really harness that emotion now and I can really feel things like I can so like so much depth to it and the darkness however painful it is there can be such beautiful things to find in there including the strength that it takes to do the things that I do now in in fitness or whatever because I know that I've overcome that and not only that I drag that around with me pretty much like most of the time and yeah I'm in a very very good place and I'm a very sunny person now but he's always he's always there man and it's funny he's grown with me like since I was a little girl we didn't know each other very much but as an adult I know him very well and I can almost call upon him sometimes to help me in situations because I have been through so much with my mental health. I know what it's like to suffer and I can suffer pretty well through a half marathon if I've been through the feelings that I've been through in my childhood and my teen years too. But it also makes it so much easier to live in a world that is slightly make-believe and I really, really am so grateful for 
the fact that when I was younger, I was able to escape to worlds in books and comic books. And I'm such an avid reader and I live completely in my imagination sometimes because I think that's so beautiful. And although I did lose that for, for a few years, now that I'm back and I'm back to reading and I'm back to feeling things again, it's just so amazing to have that true depth of feeling and... Although some days, yeah, I would swap it and I would please just say, leave me alone today. I have a lot to do. I don't think I'd want a normal brain. I don't think I would. I, I am grateful for the darkness. As much as it's horrible, I am grateful. And I think that that's something that a lot of people will be able to relate to. And especially that feeling of, of otherness when it comes to growing up and feeling like you don't belong. And then because of that cycle, entering into hobbies that perhaps aren't very healthy or helpful for you, isolating you even more from your own physical or mental health. And that then leading into your adult life of self-medicating with alcohol or food. That is a cycle that then I got into. And I do believe that that began when I was younger and that sort of need to self-soothe with food I can remember as little as I was eight or nine years old playing sims and you know eating a lot of, of candy or sweets whatever and I remember feeling like okay this makes me feel better and that just progressed as I got older because there were no hobbies in my life that were producing happy chemicals or were teaching me discipline or were teaching me you know to to go out and do the work. I, but then looking back, would I have been able to do them? I don't think so. I think I needed the suck, the rot, um, to be able to come to this place now because, you know, a lot of people look back at things and they're like, oh, I wish I never lived like that. I wish I never did that. I wish I, you know, I wish I'd started earlier. And a lot of people ask me that, do you wish you started earlier? Or do you hate yourself for doing what you did or being the way you were as a teenager or a young adult? And no, I, I don't at all. I, I think I was doing what I could do at the time with the tools that I had to survive. And that's okay. And now I look back and I know why I was doing what I was doing. And I know exactly what I need to do to replace those feelings and replace that medication with you know sunshine nature cowboy my dog running dopamine serotonin all that good stuff you know I'm so well educated in that but and and that's taken a long time that's taken a long time for me to learn how to really navigate these bad days and I think it, even though they still happen the things I have in place now to help me, my coping mechanisms, let's call them, are life-saving, life-saving. Like the one of the worst days I've had recently was maybe in like just before the London Marathon, I would say around May time. And I had six weeks to train for that race. And I was in a very low place mentally during that race prep. Um, I was in a lot of pain physically because I was in complete denial about the fact that I have lost 100 pounds and was a chain smoker for 10 years. 
and was following all of these younger runners on social media and thinking, I can do exactly what they're doing. I can do what they're doing. I'm going to run London Marathon in sub four hours and I'm going to do these interval sprints and I'm going to do these long runs and it's not going to affect me at all. It really affected me. I could not quite believe how hard that training cycle was just emotionally as well. And there was one day where I think it was like raining and just windy and awful. And I had to go out on my long run Um, and I went out on it (laughs) and I got halfway through Richmond Park and I just like (laughs) went underneath a tree and just sobbed, was just sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And I could not stop the voice in my head telling me like, you're going to not be able to finish this race and everyone's watching you and they're going to compare you to these other girls who are like running so fast and they have these legs that aren't covered in loose skin and everyone's going to laugh at you. And I just could not get myself out of that place for like three or four days. And I just I I didn't I remember I just went completely silent on social media as well because I just could not face up to it. And then I posted a video explaining about how I was feeling and how lonely I was feeling and how different and other. So there it is again. There's the pattern again, how other I was feeling to these people. And of course, the reception was so lovely and everyone was so kind and, you know, saying, don't worry, and it's going to be fine. But that day, I remember thinking this is how I felt when I was a teenager. And I haven't felt like this in such a long time. And it's that comparison and that otherness and that like almost like dirty feeling you have when you don't feel good enough and you feel like no matter what you do, you're not going to be good enough for people. And it's hard to be on social media when you suffer with these sort of things. And it's it's very hard for me to control my own thoughts when it comes to, you know, being not a public figure. I don't know, whatever you call me, a dancing monkey in a circus. (laughs) I think that's what you call social media, right? It's very difficult. But that day I learned that I wasn't completely healed and there is so much more work to do. And I I think that's the thing is that it never, ever ends. But if you take anything away from me talking about this, it's that you don't have to push that away. Like when I was feeling that way during the training cycle for London Marathon, even though it was horrendous, I had so many runs where I was listening to like, you know, Vivaldi or Black Sabbath in floods of tears running around Richmond Park. And I just am so grateful to feel. I am so fucking grateful that I'm not medicating myself with alcohol and food and I'm freaking feeling this, I'm moving my body, I'm doing something, I'm running through the suffering, quite literally, (laughs) running through the suffering to get to the other side, and I ran the marathon, so, you know, and I'll be, I'll be back, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a little redemption arc for that race, I'm not finished with it, um, but that otherness was was always there, and it was there on race day, and it still continues, It, it laps into my life now, and That's where, you know, you've got to really watch your thoughts, watch them and be critical of them and really, really try to see your thoughts as separate to you. Because if you don't catch that tangent and you don't catch when it's going off and that bully's coming in and saying, you know, you're crap, you're other, you're less than, you've got to catch it. You've got to catch it and say, no, we're not going down this cycle. And there are days where it wins. 
there are days. Yesterday was a day where it, where it won for me. <laughs> Today it didn't win though. So that's a win for real. But I just want people to know you aren't alone in feeling blue sometimes. The world is not sunshine and rainbows. No one is perfect. No one feels perfect all the time. I don't know anyone that does. No adult or child. Maybe apart from my boyfriend who, fiance, who is very neurotypical. He's been through a lot though. I'm going to get him on the podcast because Joe, he, he's the wisest of people, I think. And he, he changed my life. He's changed a lot of people's lives, but he's, he's got a really interesting story. Um, and he said, oh, come on. So you guys can have a little Beyonce introduction, which is exciting, but he, he's quite neurotypical. So sometimes I do look at him and I'm like, I'm a loon. I'm a complete loon, but you know, anyway, we move. But if you take anything from this episode, I would say it is, you are not alone. The darkness is what makes you beautiful. How joyous to feel such depths. I mean, you know, just feel, just, and it's unapologetically be a feeler, feel things, you know? It's okay, it's fine, you can sob, you can shout, just get it out. If you're someone who feels things and you're highly sensitive, that's, it's good, it's good, it's fine. Your black dog can come around with you for the rest of your life, just make friends with it and know that it's there and admit that it's there. I think that's a big thing too, just admit, make him your friend. I even imagine him sometimes when I'm running, my black dog's in the woods next to me. And he can't catch me some days, but some days he does and he runs beside me and, you know, that's okay. it's okay, it's fine. But that is what makes you beautiful, that darkness. I truly believe that and I am grateful every day for the experiences that I went through. And I'll, I'll, there are other episodes where I will touch more on certain experiences and how they've shaped me and I think for now this is a good start though. So I will end with one of my favourite quotes that I think pertains a lot to people who have been bullied and want to start a, a wellness journey or healing journey, whatever you call it. Um, and it's about really leading with love for yourself and not making this about bitterness and not making this about revenge. Healing should come from a place of self-love and, and calmness, not to prove others wrong. Because if you do it from that sort of place it won't work or it will, it will make you feel bitter. So I'll leave you with my favorite quote of the week, which is climb mountains, not so the world can see you, but so you can see the world. You are not what people have done to you. You are so much more and you're capable of a lovely, lovely life, as I say. And I believe in you. So thank you for joining me this week on Nine Lives podcast. I suppose we discussed life three, maybe two, two or three of my nine lives. Um, but I'll be here every Monday morning. So make sure you click follow. Give me your feedback, your notes. Tell me if there's any topics you want me to discuss in future. I'm still feeling out what people want to hear and what I'm comfortable talking about. So it's always welcome discussion around you know how I can help what you would like me to speak about if there's any questions I can answer um but I will see you next Monday so thank you so much for tuning in <laughs>